welcome back to the Amplified Word, brought to you by Christ Episcopal Church in Dayton, Ohio. It's a conversation and a deeper look at the lessons for the upcoming Sunday from the Women's Lectionary by Will Gaffney. We invite you to come along as we lift up the women of the Word. Today we're taking a look at the lessons for Ash Wednesday. Our readings come from Joel chapter 2 verses 1, 12 through 17, and 21 and 22, Psalm 90 verses 1 through 10 and 12, the first letter to the Corinthians chapter 15 verses 45 through 49, and the gospel according to Matthew chapter 6 verses 1 through 6 and 16 through 18. Ash Wednesday is the traditional start of the season of Lent, which is a season of preparation. Our readings for Ash Wednesday remind us to gather, to repent, to pray, and to offer sacrifice. Welcome everyone to a bonus episode of the Amplified Just what you all wanted. Uh, You're going to have to tamp down that excitement because this is the season of Lent, Mary Jane. (laughs) I know. Uh, we're going to talk to you about all things Lent for our, or a little, a few, a few things Lent uh, for our Ash Wednesday discussion of the lectionary. I'm the Reverend Peter Holmeyer, the rector here at Christ Episcopal Church. Hi, Mary Jane Plody, Apostolate and the Programs Assistant. Welcome. We are glad you're with us. It is a season, you know, that I think gets a bad rep of, you know, penance and dark and the desert and suffering. But so much awesome stuff can happen internally in our life during Lent that I'm always just a little bit excited. Yeah. So I just, you know, I also just, it's so fun to unpack a, another set of lessons from the lectionary. So we really wanted to get into it. We should do all the Secondary Saints Day so we could really Woo! wonder what uh, Gaffney would have to say about that, like, 90% male group in there. Whew, boy, that so would... many white men. <laughs> I think that would be the next. I don't know that we're ready to go there. That's a different year. podcast. We just keep coming up with different series. We do. But right now... But we'll stick to this one Yeah, let's just talk a little bit here at the beginning about what Lent is. And how it's been sort of often practiced yeah. and understood. And, you know, as we like to do, and as Gaffney's lectionary does, push back on that a little bit. And again, by pushing back, we're talking about expansion, friends. Part of what God's work is about is about generative work where there's room for more. Yes. It's not pushing back in the sense of a world of limited resources. So when I push, that means less for you. It means no. more like pushing out than Expanding. it means pushing back. Yeah. So, but anyhow, we'll, I'm sure, have plenty of time to keep mm-hmm. talking about that kind of thing. We've reached, is it 40 days before Easter at this point, Mary Jane? Is that mm. when Lent begins? Well, this is not a leap year. And then you factor in the moon oh and, um, you know, if you're into zodiac signs, uh-huh. I don't know how that plays into it. But Should the short answer is, yes, but the short answer is Lent is a different length of time depending on how you count it. So what do I mean by that? 
Are you counting Sundays? This sounds like the new math they teach the kids. Okay. As someone who has taught new math, yes. <laughs> Are you counting Sundays? Right. The answer is no. No, we're not counting Sundays. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You count Sundays right, in right Advent and you count Sundays in e Easter. Sure. But you do not count Sundays in Lent because... On Sunday, we are still celebrating the resurrection, even during Lent. A little confusing there, but you know. Even in what, death, we make our song. Absolutely. Listen, the the liturgical calendar is nothing if not nuanced. <laughs> That's a really nice way to put it. <laughs> so yes, how are you counting? your days. We say 40 days of Lent, right? That's the traditional language. That's what we say. Uh, there are lots of hymns and songs about um, journeying for 40 days. Sometimes it's not 40. It just depends on how you count. They get the 40. It comes from one of the wonderful, important stories that comes right out of Jesus be before he begins his ministry that you would often hear, I believe, on Lent 1. Yes. But maybe usually. we'll talk about this next week because um, Gaffney's going to do something different. But it's a story most of you are, could be aware of, which is Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. Right. Yes. Um, and so, and 40 it, kind of shows up in the Bible. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it kind of also comes from the 40 years wandering the desert that the yeah, Israelites did. Sure. We're just going to mash all of the times that we see 40 together. It's a holy number. And it does. It works. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we've got this beginning of a 40 plus asterisk because we're coming <laughs> in a funny way season that begins now yes and this season leads us through the most harrowing challenging depressing elements times mm -hmm. uh, leading up to the death of jesus and then mm -hmm. a big surprise on the <gasps> back end of that. wow let's not quite give that spoilers away. no yeah, spoilers here wanna, folks uh, we don't want anybody to have to like jump ahead three minutes while we give it all away right <laughs> yeah, in case you haven't heard what happens at the end but i think that is important because this is a time of journeying yes traveling with uh trying to accompany mm -hmm. god known or made manifest in jesus christ so that we too can go through the really hard parts of our life right the most challenging things for life mm -hmm. includes challenge, friends. It is not oh. a Hallmark movie, as much as I love those at Christmas time. No. It doesn't no. all, it isn't laid out quite that simply for us. And good spiritual practice mm -hmm. reflects in our lives the actual challenges that look like real life. And so we try to typically have some practices to kind of help us get there. Yeah. What am I talking about there, Mary Jane? So oftentimes during Lent, we'll talk about um, Lenten practices or... Giving up your chocolate. Penance, maybe a sacrifice of some kind. I'm maybe only going to spend one hour on social media. Yep. Or you're going to get off. You see, this is the time of the year that you see a lot of people like gone for Lent and they like gone fishing oh, signs right. on their social media right. platforms, um, which mm -hmm. absolutely, if that's something that you're going to give up as a way of substituting that time with 
prayer or spiritual reading or Maybe connecting with kitchen. one another, volunteering, that? serving. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can also do Lenten practices that add to your life. So what, what? I know. Pushing out? What? It doesn't just have to be about giving something up, though I have given up many things in my time <laughs> during Lent. It can also be about adding to your life. You know, maybe it's visiting, you know, the nursing home or it's adding the practice of, like you said, volunteering somewhere, adding prayer to your life, adding a book or a spiritual reading to your life. Um, maybe you're going to do morning prayer during Lent every day. I wonder, I think you could find that. I on think the you can. Christchurch Wait, Facebook does Christchurch page. do that? Oh my mm -hmm. word, you can join us online. Mm -hmm. um, so things like that, you can always add to it. This is also a season that we talk about fasting and we talk about almsgiving. Right. Um, so really seeking to be good stewards of our, our time, our talent and our treasure, um, but also just thinking about what are we doing to grow closer to God? And it's not a competition. It's not about who's doing more, who's doing less, though we can fall into that very often. Um, and there's no Lenten practice that is less than, as long as it's something done with intention um, yeah. to really bring you closer to God. Giving up soda, I mean, done that one. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, absolutely. But what are you doing? Why is that the thing that's going to bring you closer to God? Just think through them. That's all I would say. I think there's an element of the season of Lent. Well, maybe it's a stretch for folks. Well, you can you can rein me in if you need to. Mm -hmm. um, it reminds me of my own time with my therapist. The only thing I'm going to do when I go in to visit my therapist is talk about what's great in my life. It ain't going to Why do much. am I there? <laughs> it ain't going to do much. Those are the things that are easier for you to talk about with a friend. There's, like. a, there's obviously something that's brought me into that place where something is disquieted within me. Right. You're seeking some kind of healing. Something needs to change. Yeah. And that's at the heart of what a Lenten practice of forgiveness of turning ourselves over to God is yeah. about. But mm -hmm. first you have to do the thing which is dig around in the in the ugly end of the closet, right? You know, yeah. when you throw the clothes that got dirty and the shoes that needed to go in the wash and, you know, the old papers and all that kind of stuff. And you gotta start sorting it out. Right. And these practices are an attempt to do that part of the hard work with God mm -hmm. and with each other, that looks in a lot of ways like what you might get as an assignment or work that was asked of you from a therapist or a spiritual director. So that could look like right. you say, like taking something on or giving something up or fasting, but not just from food, but from bad habits. And in all of that, what's the point? To make yourself miserable? No. Although, that's going to happen. If you're in a scene, there's some value in that. But no, it's about going deeper into who you are yeah. and finding God in that as well, right? Like, and, and being comfortable with that. Um, you know, yeah. Peter, one of the things I love about Lent is that, yes, we are called into a space of discomfort at times with our Lenten practices, with our readings, with sort of the vibe and the tone of our services. It's yeah. going to be 
a little grim. It's going to be more solemn, quieter. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes you'll have less music. You'll right. have just the burying of the Alleluia. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's so sad. But you get to do these together. Mm. That's such a wonderful thing. I think that we are invited into this space and this time of deep reflection and sometimes of, of hard things. Right but that we're not doing it alone. It is individual work, it is internal work sometimes, but the whole church is doing this together. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to step out and do those things on your own. And you so we get to lean on one another during this season. Right, so the repentance, which is often used as foundational parts of, you know, we are not worthy, we are sinful, mm -hmm. we have carried the stain of, I'm going to say Adam rather than Eve, and I think we'll talk about that some maybe next week. We can, week, yeah, we can unpack that a little bit more. One of the key pieces is necessary, but not yeah. because God wants to keep you in the state of uh, being a worm, right? Ugh. We could take some of the right. language that we'll see as we get into Holy Week from mm -hmm. some of the Psalms, but because of the deepest desire to love us to be our best, which includes... Right being willing to name and turn over the places where we need to change. And we want to talk about where we see that a little bit in our text in just a minute. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, all right, we're looking at the text now. This is the best part. This is the good part where we get into it. And Solo Scriptura. Ooh, ooh. All things necessary for salvation are found through Scripture. Yeah. 39 articles, Mary Jane. I know. I know. No, that. I know. I know. Maybe there's your maybe there's That's your my Lenten practice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so if we're talking about Lenten practices, Peter. Uh -huh. um, the Gospel lesson has some very... I think sharp language from Jesus. Mm. This is this is Jesus telling it like it is. Cranky Jesus. And yeah, there's Jesus some good cranky like, Jesus in the gospel. All right, listen here. I'm going to tell you how to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to say this once. He he repeats himself a lot in the gospels. <laughs> but okay, uh, so we're worried you, about hypocrites. You taught young children. You I know you have to do that. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I also taught college students. You also have to do that too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Might be something about the human condition. It's a human thing, I yeah. think. Yeah. So let's talk about hypocrisy, right? That's what Jesus is warning those that he is um, preaching to. He's teaching this group and he is warning them about the hypocrisy mm -hmm. of folks who What are they doing are, in this text? You know, um, all right. So this is great, right? So if you're going to give alms, don't blow a trumpet before you. Don't draw attention to it. Like, you know, this would be the equivalent of... I can't take one of those big, you know, one of those big, goofy, gigantic Those checks giant checks, yeah. just try to shove that sure. in the plate. Yeah, please, mm -hmm. uh, don't do that. That's not it. Take my picture in front of the altar with it every Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Let everybody know. That's mm -hmm. not the point. All right. And God tells us that, uh, or Jesus says that God will see... What happens in secret? And that's mm. all that matters. Okay. Okay. So then step two, when you're praying, don't be like the hypocrites who stand in front of the synagogues and on street corners doing their prayers. But you can pray in private. Pray at home. Uh -huh. Pray in your car. Pray somewhere quietly. You don't need to be making 
again, you don't need to post a selfie every time you're doing it, okay. right? Those things, well, think about why you're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And then the third one is when you fast, to not look like you're fasting, right? Like, get it together. <laughs> Comb your hair. Wash your face. Don't make it about drawing attention to the things that you're doing. But Mary Jane, how will people know that I'm doing these things? You know, it's really not about other people knowing, oh, Peter. Okay. It hmm. is about God knowing. And God knows all, hears all, sees all. So you don't have to worry about that. What do you think the truth is? And I think it's right here in the text. And rather than asking, because sometimes that's not fair. It is that Jesus points out why that's a challenge. Because when we're doing something for the recognition of it, mm -hmm. we aren't we are not doing it because we're tr we are personally devoted to it. Right. Right. At, instead, we're doing it for the accolades it will offer us. Right. Because that feels good. Right. So, and it sure, absolutely, we want to thank people who give. That's like thank you for giving of you your bet. of your time for volunteering. Like thank mm -hmm. you, that's wonderful, and it feels good. And you have that immediate sort of um, response within you, yeah. like oh, nice. And so when you are fasting and you're hungry and maybe you're tired, you don't have as much energy, and someone says, "Wow, good for you, fasting," it feels a little nice. And maybe what's happening internally is taking more time, right? Like you not, might not feel like you're growing closer to God right away because you're mostly feeling hungry. So I think there's an element of like our human condition. We need that sort of instant gratification. Uh -huh. um, but are, why are you really doing it then? I really appreciated an observation you made about something Gaffney does with the text right at the beginning that gives a little bit of a nod towards what's happening here by the language she has Jesus use for describing God. Mm. What was it that you said about that, Mary Jane? Yeah, so this text, traditionally you would hear um, your father in heaven, right. your father who sees in secret or who hears or who is in secret will will reward you. Yes. And this is pulling us out of some gendered language, but I love the choice of your creator. Okay. Okay, your creator Which in heaven. Father your, is part of a right, creating I, team. Right, sure, absolutely. biological sense, right? Right, so it fits. Like, mm -hmm. it makes sense. Sure. And I like that this is pulling us into a space of these Lenten practices out of love. Mm. We are created by a God who is love. We are created out of love and we are created for love. And, yeah. and so when we put these Lenten practices in that perspective, Peter, I think we get such a profound depth of um, accompaniment in this journey. I like that. Yes. I, one of the things that's getting really raised up by Jesus when he talks about this public hypocrisy mm -hmm. is there's actually a foundational love that's happening in there, yeah. but it's a self-love. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. if there is a yeah. clear sign of idolatry, it is love of self over against the mm -hmm. love of 
of creation, the world, a deeper relationship with God. Self-love in this sense and in the sense of the ad of the Lenten season mm -hmm. is really at the heart, I believe, of what this repentance and turning away is about. Right. It's letting go of the places where we're giving ourselves an easy pass oh. because we do have work to do on ourselves. Yeah. And that's because God, as you've said, desires so much for us as the creator. Yeah, you know, in our last episode, Peter, we talked about the transfiguration and mm. how you come down the mountain, right? Yes. Like we have to come down the mountain. We've had this amazing experience right. of God and we, we are told that we have to go back and we have to do the work. We have, yeah. to, we have to get to it. Mm -hmm. And I think these Lenten practices can often be disguised as um, something more traditional and like, oh, you just have to do it, so just pick something to do. But they're really about participating in bringing God's reign to fruition, right? We are called to work yeah. for justice and peace. Yeah. Here it is, the end of February, mm -hmm. and it's still African American History Month here in the United States is a month that's celebrated. And African-American History Month is a portion of a secular attempt to do some of the same kind of work we see in the Womanist Lectionary. Mm -hmm. So I think it's worth discussing a little bit, especially during a season of Lent. We have all these congruences, right? We have these places of overlap. And I always often say to folks, that's when you know the Holy Spirit's in there. Right. You There's know, layer and layer and layer. a bunch of things all at once. I, I want to make sure we talk a little bit about, I want I, I, I know, I notice a hypocrisy. I'm not going to say I'm innocent. Of course, you know, what's the old saying? When you point one finger at somebody else, you point, mm, you know, You've got some pointing back at you. Yeah. Back at you. But, the way we end up, say, for example, talking about Dr. King, who we discussed earlier, that I've seen multiple times uh, from public figures, mm -hmm. and is really looks like a hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. You know, folks show up for a day. We talked a little bit about this, about Absalom Jones Day as yep. well, and say all the right things, want to sort of ride on the coattails of their legacy, be done. Mm -hmm. Another really recent example that I just found to be rich. I don't mean rich in the sense of, I mean rich in more of the sense like, of bless their hearts. Uh, as that gets used. As we do in the South. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Remember when uh, just a couple of months ago they were electing a new Speaker of the House and on one of the cycles of that completely in a non, in, in a way that was taking advantage of the situation, they made sure that the two folks that were nominated were both African American, so that people could stand up and pat themselves on the back. Right. For what a what an amazing piece of progress this was. Look at us. Where there was no zero, less than zero expectation that either of those persons were going to be Speaker of the House. Right. So. Here during the season of Lent, and if you haven't 
made commitments around the work of what it means to integrate the turning back, the metanoia of what our life was founded early, grown through, thriving and resources derived through the exploitation of human life. I'd like to suggest that there's a perfect example of what it might look like to walk further into love, yeah. new practices, new disciplines, a fasting from our old ways, a letting mm -hmm. go of the kind of hypocrisy that looks like pet patting ourselves on the back. We at Christ Church are starting this very evening to watch the 1619 Project, which is going to run for six episodes as our Wednesday Lenten series. Not to have answers, but to listen. And maybe that'd be something good for any of you who are listening. Maybe you would have something you might share with us or maybe just sitting with this mm. would make an excellent way of having a season of fasting to come out of the desert. And then maybe in time, there can be an unexpected surprise mm. at the back. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Amplified Word. To learn more about the Women's Lectionary by Will Gaffney and our year-long formation programs, Women of the Word, we invite you to visit our parish website, DaytonChristEpiscopal.com.